Hello everyone, welcome to today's episode. Today we're going to have a little psychology lesson. Uh, I'm going to explain why your negative thoughts are preventing you making progress with your CFS recovery, why you're having so many negative thoughts in the first place and some useful skills that you can implement ASAP to change the loops in your brain and your mind that you are stuck in. So today we're really going to try and understand our own brains and minds a bit better and how essentially they might be working against us. So in the world of psychology, negative thoughts are referred to as ants, automatic negative thoughts. Your brain is wired for survival. That is its primary focus. It does not care if you are happy or even feeling good. It just cares that you as an organism are still alive. So through evolution, your brain has got really, really, really good at detecting negative situations that pose any potential threat to your well-being or to your survival. It is constantly on the lookout for danger. Your brain believes the information that it gets A, from your five senses and B, the information it receives from your mind. So your brain believes the thoughts, stories, perceptions, assumptions of your mind, even if they are not true. And let's be honest, majority of the time, they are not even true. And this is essentially why your negative thoughts are preventing you progressing in recovery, because you believe them, you're buying into them. Therefore, your brain detects danger and responds by sending you into survival mode physiologically, which activates your symptoms and creates more physical discomfort, which ironically tells your brain there is even more of a threat because you are in like physical pain. Um, So now your five senses are registering threats as well as your mind. It is in our nature to believe evidence. We are evidence-based in terms of our brain. And if you have no evidence of recovery from CFS, then it's very hard for you to believe it is possible and it's going to happen for you. I cannot emphasise enough, this is the stage where it is most important to diffuse and ignore your ants, your automatic negative thoughts. They will be rife. I'm never going to recover. I'm worse than I was this time last month. I'm having a flare up. I think there's just something wrong with me, etc. All of this chatter, this negative chatter you have going on in your mind is going to be rife, is going to be really high at the start of recovery. If you can truly just accept that the thoughts you are having at this moment in time are not true and are bound to be running wild, that is a huge advantage. That brings you so much awareness You need to be able to realise that your thoughts are not facts. They are not reality. And practice catching yourself when you are getting consumed by thoughts and pulling yourself back into the present moment, having techniques there to pull you and anchor you back in. Um, Things like, you know, breath work, cold, like temperature therapy, um, tapping, any, like all those techniques that we use to bring us back into the present moment. This is why we do it. When you have no evidence of recovery, you will be full of fear, doubt and anxiety. 
because there is no evidence for your brain. And remember, your brain likes evidence. So it picks the thing that it does have evidence for, which is the fact that you are still sick. And that means all of your ants must be true. Incorrect. During this stage, you have to actively work against your own brain. Know that the ants are going to be there, but you have to respond to them better because they are actually just your deepest fears. It's when you start to buy into them that they become a reality because they keep you stuck in survival mode, right? If you buy into and believe your ants, they will inhibit your recovery. And let me just be clear, like it is okay for them to be there in the background. Chances are they will always be there, but you do get to choose how much you believe them and how much attention you give them. And at the start, like when you first start becoming aware of this and practicing this, it will feel like you're swimming against the tide. But when you do get that first bit of evidence that you're recovering, you will start to gain traction very, very quickly because it's way easier to believe in your recovery when you've seen some kind of progress and evidence that it's happening. And the irony is, is that when you can stop buying into your ants, you will start to feel physically better because you'll be out of your survival mode more frequently. So with a bit of time, um, you will start feeling physically better. And so that, that will be your evidence created that you're doing the right thing so it's a win-win the reason we have so many negative thoughts with cfs is because we are out of our window of tolerance most of the time because of whatever trauma um we have experienced you know has shortened our window of tolerance so we tend to be out of it a lot with cfs we are already in survival mode a lot of the time so the brain and the senses are heightened for looking out for danger. When we're already in danger, everything looks like a threat. If you've ever slept um, alone in your house and heard a funny noise, you will understand this. Like when you hear a noise when you're alone in your house and um, then you get a bit panicky, don't you? And all of a sudden you're hearing loads of noises and seeing funny shapes in the dark um, that normally you wouldn't even think twice about. And your mind starts running absolutely wild thinking that you're about to be killed, right? I hope it's not just me that has experienced that before, (laughs) but that's quite a good example. This is your brain being hypervigilant for threats. And when we have CFS, we are experiencing chronic survival mode, which means you are also experiencing chronic ants. The negative thoughts come like a tsunami, especially if you're having a day where you're not feeling so good. Recovery is hard because we have to work against our own, our brain's survival instincts. This is where like brain retraining comes in really helpful. But this is actually, it's actually very doable and does come in handy in a lot of areas of your life. Like you will use this again in the future. For example, if you ever go on a fitness journey, or maybe you have done this in the past, let's say um, you want to lose weight. I can guarantee at the start, you will feel like it is impossible and have a lot of doubt and fear that what you're doing isn't working or won't work. And this is because you don't have any evidence of losing weight yet. And you will just have to 
ignore those thoughts and stay consistent and work against your own brain to get the result you want, but it will be worth it because eventually when you can utilize delayed gratification and stay consistent, even when you don't see immediate results, you will, you will lose weight, right? Another good example is business. Often starting a business, you don't know if it's going to succeed and chances are you'll have a lot of doubt, fear and anxiety at the start because there's no evidence to believe you will be successful. But the main message is that you should feel the fear and do it anyway. Know that the ants will be there, but don't let them stop you and don't believe what they say. There will come lots of times in life where you have to make bold decisions that on paper have no evidence of the outcome. But if you intuitively know the outcome is what is right for you, then you can and will get there. You just have to create your own evidence. And until you do, you've just got to work on not believing and not buying into your ants, your negative thoughts. Trying to eradicate ants is a waste of time. I see this um, quite a lot with people who, like initially at the start of the program, like I've been actually working on this quite a lot this week with clients. At the start of recovery, when you decide to recover, you get bombarded with a lot of, um, what's the word, like overthinking, questioning everything, a lot of ants basically, a lot of negative thoughts. And a common error is to think you have to completely eradicate the negative thoughts. You have to eradicate the anxiety, the fear. Um, and then with if you believe that you have to eradicate it, that is setting yourself up for failure. Because you have to literally just accept that they will be there. They, you know, things like I'm not getting better or I'm getting worse or there's there's definitely something else wrong with me, etc. All those kinds of thoughts will be there. But you don't have to believe those thoughts. And that is what makes all the difference. So accept them, but don't buy into them. You can actually have like, you can have all the thoughts you like. It's not until you believe a thought that they start to affect you physically. So it's not about getting all of these thoughts out of your head. It's just about not believing them. For example, if you have a thought of I'm going to die tomorrow, this is a bit of a dramatic example, but I just want to <laughs> I just want to emphasize what I mean. So if you have that thought of I'm going to die tomorrow, but you don't believe it, it will probably just go out of your head in the next few seconds. Right. But if you have that thought and you do believe it, you'll start panicking, going into survival mode, probably feeling physically sick or in pain, hyperventilating, etc., even if it's not true, your beliefs dictate your reality. So the message today is be more careful and aware of what you believe. Some immediately useful skills to stop you believing your ants are literally asking yourself, is this a thought or is it a fact? Usually it's a thought, which means you don't have to believe it. In order to practice this one, you have to also develop awareness. You have to become aware of when you're getting consumed by your thoughts and um, like really overwhelmed based off of a thought you've had that is not a fact in order to pull yourself back out of it. 
Another good thing to do that we've spoken about is create some evidence for CFS recovery, like read positive recovery stories um, and know that if you have no medical reason to have CFS chronically, then you shouldn't have it and it is more than possible for you to recover. Meditation is literally a practice of thought diffusion. So if you haven't already, I would definitely advise finding some type of meditation that works for you, practicing being present. And my final tip is, again, stop trying to escape or rid yourself of the negative thoughts and feelings. They will be there. That is okay. But you still get to choose how you act upon them and what you believe. So how much influence you let your thoughts and your feelings have over your physical health, essentially. It's so unrealistic to think that you can defeat anxiety or doubt or fear Like, honestly, if you're trying to stop any thought and feeling, you're fighting a losing battle. Um, Like, you know, if you figure out how to do that, let everyone else know, because I, I reckon humans have been trying to figure that out for ages. The only difference between people who do recover and don't recover is how much they believe their negative thoughts and let that be reflected in the actions they take and therefore their physical health. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you. If you do get value from this podcast, I would love it if you could share, follow or review it simply so it can continue to grow and reach more people suffering with CFS. It'll take you less than a minute, but it could change someone else's life for the better.